Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. We're going to take one last look at this Ole Miss game. Keith Grayson is going to join us to talk about some of that, give a little bit of the fan reaction. He had some entertaining videos over the weekend. Also, his halftime report was pretty good, concise. Uh, but we're going to talk to Keith. We're going to get to your questions and, uh, I guess, look ahead to this bye week and, and what else is to come with Razorback Sports. All that and more on Hogsports Live. I feel like Arkansas usually loses on my birthday weekend. I can think back to like there was a Kentucky game several years ago where it was raining, it was in Fayetteville, and I just remember thinking this couldn't possibly be my birthday. Uh, It wasn't my birthday, but it was birthday weekend. Last year on my birthday, they got smoked by Auburn. And uh, if some of you remember the walk and talk from that game. But uh, this weekend, Arkansas taking care of business. I mean, 33-21 over Ole Miss. I've seen some stuff from Ole Miss people – and in all due respect, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in like, you know, just bashing anybody like that. But I've seen some stuff about, you know, kind of like after the Mississippi State game, we shot ourselves in the foot. I hear that talk so much. And once again, it all comes down in this conference to teams capitalizing on other teams' mistakes, just like I said in the walk and talk the other day. That's what is oftentimes the difference with teams that are so talented. So, yeah, you shot yourself in the foot. Arkansas capitalized. That's why Bama is Bama. Anyway, I want to get into a few things here. First of all, Hudson Clark is going to receive a scholarship offer in January. We knew that Arkansas uh, was full on scholarships, but this guy obviously deserving three interceptions. I thought he got snubbed for National Player of the Week, Defensive Player of the Week. Not that Grant Morgan didn't deserve it, because Grant Morgan – I think you can make an equal case for him. Uh, the kid from South Carolina got it, and that's not to take anything away from him. He had two interceptions, but here's a guy with three interceptions who is a true freshman or a redshirt freshman walk-on. And he did get – there was a couple of awards handed out for Arkansas players. Grant Morgan got SEC Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, Grant had a fantastic game, 19 tackles, two interception or one interception, pick six, two pass breakups, which who knows what would have happened on – at least one of those if he didn't have the bionic elbow thing going on. And then Hudson Clark with three interceptions as a walk-on cornerback in an SEC game against a quarterback that hasn't thrown but one interception all season and absolutely lit up Alabama. 2020 has been absolutely insane. But congratulations to both of those guys. Certainly earned those SEC honors. Possibly could have been getting some uh, some national honors also. I think Grant Morgan also got maybe national Athlon Sports National uh, Defensive Player of the Week. So certainly deserving. Uh, Grant Morgan is also a former walk-on who I think leads the nation in tackles now. You can also make a case for Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan had a fumble recovery. He had a pick six. He also had a ton of tackles. Catalan's balling right now. Catalan, as I said the other day, and this is no slight to Tremaine Thomas, who was a really good safety at Arkansas. But I think Catalan's going to end up proving to be the best safety Arkansas has had since Ken Hamlin. I've, start, I've heard some people kind of knock his height a little bit. 
because he's about 5'10", maybe 5'9", 5'10". Um, but he's pushing 200 pounds. I mean, he hit. He also set the tone in that game. Remember that hit? I love seeing a team set the tone with a big hit. Bumper pool did it against Georgia on Dewan Mathis, and then Jalen Catalan did it on Elijah Moore, just lit him up. But I've seen people, like, say, you know, his height's going to hurt him in the NFL and stuff. I mean, I, it wasn't that long ago, like, Bob Sanders got hurt for the Indianapolis Colts, but for like a year and a half or so, he was the best defensive player in the NFL. He was a second-round draft pick also, but he was only 5'8". Game's a little bit different. But Catalan, I mean, he's not giving up anything for not being, you know, 6'2 or whatever. Really strong safety for Arkansas. This is a, a much-needed bye week. A much-needed bye week. One of my favorite stories that Curtis Wilkerson does, by the way, if you're not following Curtis Wilkerson, it's Kurt, it's at Kurt Wilkerson underscore, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And you're going to really want to make sure that you're following him uh, when basketball season starts up and we're just, what, 36 days or so away from the start. He's got a nice breakdown also of Arkansas's most recent basketball practice, which was streamed for him. Will the Hogs get off to a better start? was one of his first game uh, five burning questions, and they did. Now, we pointed this to so much of what Arkansas did, especially those first 17 points, were directly a result of starting off with a, with a huge mistake from Ole Miss, all 17 of those points. And this, and this second drive that Arkansas had wouldn't have happened. That 54, 55-yard catch that Traylon Burks had wouldn't have happened if not for a special teams error from, from Ole Miss. Running into the kicker, gave Arkansas first down. Ended up driving 95 yards. But Arkansas still had a three and out to start things out, but still got off to a better start than they did the last game when they went down 17-0. It, it was the exact opposite. Can Hogs light up the scoreboard? I mean, if you include defense, then yes. Arkansas, as a team, has scored more points in each game so far. That's a good trend. Will Arkansas be able to corral the Ole Miss quarterback? That's a fancy headline for Matt Corral. <laughs> and, yeah, I, they did. Six six interceptions. I've never seen a quarterback throw six interceptions. The most I've seen is five last year. Can Barry Odom derail the lane train? He did. Now, Ole Miss is fast. They go so fast. Like, Arkansas goes fast. But there were more than a couple times where I saw, you know, eight seconds came off the play clock. So fast. I still think that they made some some bad calls, and I don't care what the analytics say. I'm, I'm more of a feel guy. How do things feel? By the way, speaking of feel, I was kind of thinking, I'm kind of one of those what's the universe telling me kind of people. I don't know why I'm like that, but I am superstitious about stuff. But, I mean, I knocked the hell out of my head on Friday getting dog food from the pantry and just kind of turned. And, I mean, it r rattled my teeth. I caught I caught myself <laughs> on the door. This looked a lot worse on Friday. But I had this huge knot on my head. And then that night, I'm playing around with the dog a little bit. He's still, you know, just a puppy, 18 weeks. And he gets my ear right here. And I mean, like I could pull it and it would separate a little bit right there. He got it. And I'm just thinking, man, these are all bad signs for this game on Saturday. That's kind of how I think for some reason. I don't know why. One time in 2016, when uh, – was it 2016? It was the year the PlayStation VR headset came out. And I got up. I'd been promised PlayStation VR. I'd been promised virtual reality when I, since I was a child. I went to Disney World when I was in 11th grade. 
And they said, this is the next big thing that's happening. And I had to wait 20 years before it finally came out. And so I was in line at Best Buy the night that the PlayStation VR came out. And there were people already in front of me. It was like a midnight release. And I got the last one. I got the last one. And I just remember thinking that time, Arkansas is going to beat Ole Miss. And they did. That would have been, I believe, 2015 maybe. I can't remember exactly, but it was it, it was the game in Fayetteville, I think maybe the year before the Hunter Heave. Will Arkansas clean up execution in critical areas? Some did, some didn't. Yeah, they've still got some work to do. Keys to victory is always the same. Penalties, turnovers, special teams, injuries. All those things played in Arkansas's favor. Capitalizing on mistakes, depth, as he, he has one. I always, always say that the keys to victory are always the same. You might include something different here and there. Traylon Burks, offensive player of the game, no question. I mean, Traylon. It's so good to see him finally, like, getting the ball. You know, we knew how, what his potential was, and to see him finally getting what he needs in terms of carries, touches, all that stuff. 15, let's see, what did he have? Four rushes for 46 yards. Most of those are backwards passes. He had an end around, which I said after, I think, after the game, Arkansas is 0 of 6 for end around, jet sweep, reverse type plays. But actually, Traylon had a little bit of a, a gain on one of those. So they're not 0 of 6, they're 1 of 7, technically. 11 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. 12 targets. Did have one drop. Nobody's perfect. But it's good to see finally, like, some of the stuff that, you know, you hear about out of practice, you know, some of the catches that he makes. I've seen some footage of some of the catches that, you know, coaches were talking about last year about some of the amazing stuff that he's done. I don't know why they didn't, like, just release that to everybody, but they didn't. But Traylon Burks is positioning himself to be really well regarded on a national scale. I mean, first of all, that catch was probably the catch of the year, college football. And that's a start. And then he's going to have 11 catches after what he did to Georgia. So, like, the two full games that he's played so far, he's gone over 100 yards. i tell you what I like to see with Traylon. First of all, what I, I, everybody knows I like Traylon. I think he's a great kid. I love his attitude, his demeanor. I compare him a lot to Amari Cooper in that sense, just kind of a go-back-to-the-huddle guy. He's never going to be, like, celebrating – um, you know, he's I just I just he's kind of a country kid. He likes westerns. He's just a different kind of guy. He's a different kind of guy on the football field and off the field. Um, in a good way. I don't mean that like it is any kind of slight. I just think he's a great kid. And also to have the athleticism, all the stuff that he has, he's just he's an easy guy to root for. And you're not gonna find like off field issues with Traylon Burks, you know, like when he goes in for interviews and things like that. What we got here? All right. My wife's trying to call me. She's got the dog at the vet for his final appointment. I think they gave us the wrong microchip. So, Traylon Burks, easily offensive player of the game. Other guys did some good things. I don't think that Rakeem Boyd is 100% healthy yet. You know, he looked like he was running pretty strong early on. I just don't know that he's quite there yet. Traylon Smith, 15 carries for 54 yards. Not just a huge game, but he did some good things. You know, Felipe, Felipe didn't, to me, have his best game. I would say the one thing about Felipe 
that you wish you'd get better at. And again, you know, we talked about after the walk and talk, what you should be asking for out of this team, you know, going into the season. And that was just to stop embarrassing the state of Arkansas, the Razorback logo, all of that stuff. That's the start. Stop doing that. Stay in some games, battle, show some pride. They've done that and beyond. They have beyond exceeded that so far. And for quarterback, it was Felipe just needed to be average, okay? And he's been better than average. He's been better than average so far, you know, especially against Auburn. He was better than average. And this one, yeah, I maybe say average. It wasn't, it wasn't his best game. Uh, the one thing with Felipe that's, that's kind of stood out so far is just kind of feeling the rush a little bit, you know. Sometimes he'll, you feel like maybe he pulls it down just a little bit early and you'll see a receiver pop open, um, you know, or, hold, or just hold it too long in general. So, again, we're not expecting perfection. You know, I'm not expecting him to go out 34-34. He was 21-34, 244, a touchdown and a pick. He was certainly a lot better than uh, than Matt Corral. But maybe that's something that they can work on a little bit more in the bye week, just kind of getting that clock down in your head a little bit. I think the offensive line was pass blocking pretty well for him. Defense, obviously, you know, let's, well, let's talk about special teams. Defense, obviously, I'm going to say – I cannot say like Hudson Clark over Grant Morgan or Jalen Catalan. I can't. I mean, when you factor in that big hit Jalen Catalan had early in the game, which I think is a tone setter, I think it's pr- probably pretty equal. So I, I'll, I'll go three. I'll go three defensive guys. Now for special teams, nobody was just perfect. There wasn't any returns. Um, you know, Reed Bauer was seven punts and a 46.9 average. If you take away the 28-yarder, you can't take away punts, but if you took away the 28-yarder that he had early, you know, so that first series when Arkansas, I say three and out, but they, well, no, no, no. That was the second series. No, that was the first series. They didn't go, they did go three and out, but they almost didn't because of the almost interception that the guy didn't complete the catch. But if he does complete the catch, it's only a nine-yard difference because Arkansas only got a 28-yard punt, so it's the difference in being the 40-yard line and the 49-yard line. So it wasn't that big a deal, and it was because of the 28-yard punt. But if you take that one away, his other six punts, he averaged 50 yards a punt, which is pretty impressive. So I'm inclined to give Reed Bauer special teams player of the game. Although A.J. Reed had two field goals, but you're supposed to make 32-yarders and 23-yarders. Good on you, but I don't know if that's like an exceptional level. You did, you know, you did what was asked of you. So, Vito Calvaruso, it was windy. You did have one kicked off out of bounds, but you also boomed a lot out of the back of the end zone. I think I'm going to go Reed Bauer. You know, he didn't he didn't have any blocked. He had three over 50 yards. We'll go Reed. I love these stories. What they were saying about Arkansas's 33-22-21 win over Ole Miss this probably did better than any story that we had. Kofi Botang, former Razorback wide receiver, if there's one absolute thing that Arkansas that the Arkansas situation has proven, it's that coaching matters so much. Lucas Coley, Arkansas commit. If you're a recruit in the 21 class and below, Arkansas is the place to be. Lucas Coley's done a good, good job recruiting for Arkansas. Raleigh Williams the third. It's time to start talking about this defense being one of the best in the country. Kevin Richardson, the second. Okay, Rich. I hope you guys have a great day today, SEC officiating. <laughs> Bruce Feldman says, Arkansas's Grant Morgan has been has to be a lock for National Defensive Player of the Week. 19 tackles, three tackles for loss, one sack, one pick. 
six, two passes broken up. No, he wasn't. They give it to the kid from again. No disrespect to the uh, to the kid from South Carolina. Great game, and congrats on beating Auburn. They deserved it. They deserved it after stealing one. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Michael Zaro says, I hope the Morgan brothers have multiple sons each. (laughs) Drew Morgan says, put that damn nail in the coffin. LFG. Just a G-thang baby. David Basil says, Grant Morgan should be a slam dunk Crip Hall Award winner that goes to the senior outstanding player from this game. Yes, he was. I don't know that anybody else got a vote. Studson Clark says, oh, Studson Clark, that's Danny's headline. Joseph Hoyt says, former Highland Park cornerback Hudson Clark had nine interceptions. His senior season looks like Hud Island has officially made its way to Fayetteville. Kyle Deckelbaum says, oh, yeah, this was great from Pittman. They've heard of him now three times. Corlin Jackson just says, Hudson Clark, that's it. That's the tweet. Danny West says, I have no idea what's going on. Tim Tebow, who was pretty hard in his pregame pick, says, I just want to say congrats to Arkansas coach Sam Pittman. What a huge turnaround. So impressive from last year to this year. Patrick Smith says, dare I say it, but Arkansas is good. David Pollock says, catch of the year for Burks for Arkansas. Are you kidding me? Ross Dellinger says, Georgia one. This is defense. This is before the Alabama game. Arkansas two, and then three, an actual fence somewhere. A lot of good stuff. All right. I said we're going to go to Keith Grayson, and uh, we've got to uh, – you guys got to see Keith's, Keith's video here. What's going on? I got to take my – after this, I'm going to go take my MacBook in because I got to get a new keyboard because the S key is broken off. Here it is. You can look at it. There's my S key. Broken off. My space bar now, I have to hit it deliberately to make it space. My C, every time I hit it, it's like CCC. My L, LLL. So annoying. And I I hit the keys like I'm mad at them, I know. I pound with passion. That didn't come out right. <laughs> I pound the keyboard with passion. <laughs> but there's no excuse for an Apple product breaking like this. If you, like, get a crumb in there, it's the keyboard's ruined. So, anyway... There is a recall, so I can go in and get it fixed. But um, next, if I do the show Thursday, 
it might be like over the phone. I might do a walk and talk Thursday because I don't think my backup computer can't power all this stuff to do this live stream. So, all right, we're going to go to Keith. Where's my Keith video? Y'all got to see this. So Keith, uh, he's been doing like halftime stuff. He's been doing he's been doing halftime reaction stuff on Twitter. I'm gonna play it for you while I get him on the horn. Quick Saturday update. I want Bama. Bring on Saban. I want to play Bama. Bring on Bama. <laughs> Y'all want to see it again? Hey, I'm playing your video right now. Quick Saturday update. Embarrassing. I want Bama. You can't hear it, but uh, I thought it was Keith. I've watched it probably thirty times. I thought it was hilarious. So my family doesn't know about my Twitter personality. So I I don't know if they watch the podcast or or what. But uh, sorry, it's sorry a, to all the it's exposed now. So this starts out as I send it to my. This is just like a. I was in like a text thread with my friends talking about the game. Yeah. And that, I sent that to my friends and then one one of my friends put it on their Instagram page. And I was like, well, since it's out there, I might as well just post it on Twitter. <laughs> it's great. I loved it. Um, do you always watch a sh- watch the game with uh, the Houston nut hat and the uh, and shirtless? So my your- boy, Ricky Glover, gave me the nut hat in exchange for some, uh, some, some brown party liquor. And, uh, yeah, we're we're two and zero with the shirt off. So I, yeah. I think that's my. I, I have this back in the day. You know, when I was twelve years old, I had a a real tree camo long sleeve shirt that I cut the sleeves off, and I wore that to every game in some way, form or fashion that I ever attended. It was mm-hmm. a sleeveless camo shirt. I'd wear it with like a suit coat, whatever, uh, and you know to class it up. But now I'm just I gotta I think I'm gonna have to shave my back and if I ever come to a home game it's it's shirtless. Yeah, you're gonna shave the back, huh? Um, so, are you counting the Auburn game as a win? When you say yeah, two and zero. Yeah, okay. not. Just make are it you two. not? Why? Yeah, I, change the name record book. We're three and one, bro. We're we're the second best team in the SEC. <laughs> I regard I I uh, I'm with you on that. Um, I think it's very classic Arkansas that the NCAA has reviewed that rule and altered altered the rule you know that's like very 1964 when they changed the way the the timing when you vote for a national champion you know somehow this is going to end up coming back and biting arkansas you know that right just like it did the following year in 1964 when arkansas went undefeated and they would have won the national championship under the old rules that they changed but they lost the bowl game same thing with the fair catch it's gonna it's gonna end up it's gonna be it's going to be something, you know, it's going to be something that, that ends up coming back and biting them. They're going to end up doing something similar, and it's going to get them. They no, it's not. The you know, all that, I think all that stuff's done. I think Pittman has, I think Pittman has wiped all that stuff out. All that old, yeah. all that old vibe stuff. Every, I feel like everything's changed, and we're not, we're not talking about the past anymore. At least I, yes. I'm not talking about the past anymore unless I'm talking about a game that they played, you know, last year against a future opponent or something. Sam Pittman has single-handedly reversed 2020, like the good fortune of 2020. He saved the year. Yeah, the last I'm I'm thinking the the first six months were of COVID were pretty pretty rough, 
And then I think these next, what, four months or whatever, maybe going to be pretty good. What kind of, so, I mean, has your outlook for the season obviously changed, right? I mean, has your, has your record prediction altered in any sort of way? Yeah, I think so because, I mean, I did not predict him to win against Mississippi State. I just thought, you know, road game, yada, yada. I did predict him to win preseason against Ole Miss, and I predicted him uh, to beat Missouri. And I did two predictions. I, actually, I would say my final prediction, Keith, if I'm fully transparent, was two wins. When I was on the hog hustle, I predicted three wins, actually, when we went down the schedule one by one. But I would say my final was two wins. And that's just because I've been beaten – you know, over the head so many times, you know, I just low expectations is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think that first of all, I think they can beat Texas A&M. I don't know if I'm going to pick that yet. We'll see. I think, I do think this bye week comes at a, at a really good time, but ten, uh, Tennessee, I, I've been saying forever, man, Tennessee is so beatable. They are like, when I think about Tennessee, the last nine games before they played Kentucky, the last nine games, they had played one top 25 team, and it was Georgia. And Georgia beat them by 23 points. I mean, and they're, and they're nationally ranked off that. And they hadn't played anybody. And then Arkansas, which is in the exact same conference, in their last nine games, six of the opponents had been ranked. Three of the opponents were top three. I mean, it's just it's, – it's incredible to me that those two teams are in the same conference, and that's, that's the slate for both of them. So, Tennessee's schedule the last – year and a half couldn't I should say last year because the first part of their schedule when they were terrible last year was rough but the second half was was weak and and you know now they they fall to Kentucky in that in that 10th game and you know so I, I'm not surprised at Tennessee so that's kind of why I thought Arkansas getting them at home 630 uh, there's a real chance for Arkansas in that one I'm not convinced that they can't beat LSU Missouri of course I mean I look at this and I say okay A&M they played A&M well last year. There, there's no reason that they can't again. It is at Kyle Field, so that's a disadvantage, even though they can only have 20,000 or so. But Tennessee, LSU, Missouri, those are all winnable games to me. Yeah, man. So what kind of – okay, so five and five, what does that look like bowl-wise, like if there's mm -hmm. still a bowl season? I have no idea because if there is still a bowl season, everybody's bowl eligible, right? So everybody can go to a bowl game. If they're five and five, it means they won five games in the SEC. Out of ten, I mean, that's where's that going to rank in the SEC when everything's said and done? You know, that would be my big question. You know what? By the way, ESPN, you're doing ESPN has done a terrible job with their like FPI, their you know the rankings and stuff. Like to have Auburn, they had them like four. They didn't move Auburn. I don't I don't understand what they're doing with their FPI. Or why anybody would rank Auburn? I guess it's all based off you know what you've done in the last two or three years, what your name means and stuff. But I don't understand why anybody would rank Auburn or give Auburn votes right now after what they've done the last couple games. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire down there, and I couldn't be happier for them. The marriage made in hell. Let them let them oh, die together up. down there. For some reason, I have the uh, the backdrop up. My bad. My bad, everybody. Happy you, birthday, Trey Biddy. What are you thanks. doing for your birthday? Just experiencing a bunch of technical difficulties? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my computer has just been a total disaster since I woke up this morning. But 
uh, we went and played, we went and did top golf. You know, we got the new top golf thing in Rogers. We did that. Um, me and my wife and another couple did that on Friday. So I didn't really, you know, it's COVID time. So I didn't really have a birthday or anything. Probably go get something to eat or something tonight. Nothing big, just the family. Nothing too, nothing too special for 43 years old. I know you can't, you can't believe I'm 43. Oh, yeah. It was you're... my girlfriend's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, Labor. with all this winning, I, I just don't know what to do with all this winning, man. It's like hurting me. I'm walking around feeling like Hudson Clark after a night at the Tridel house. I mean, I, I, uh, oh my good God. Lord, man. Like, I, I, I have, I'm on a three day. This is going to, this is going to take me a while to recover from. Are I'm you, uh, are you moving to Fayetteville or Northwest Arkansas? Okay. Keith, so for those who don't know deal. Keith, by the way, Keith lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He is a high school football coach on the side. He works in real estate, and he's also the disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club. And yeah, you've been out in yeah. Phoenix for some time now, so you're talking about. You said you caught your girlfriend looking at looking at Zillow in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. So so here's here's the deal. We we've been looking at land in Ure, well, just outside of Silverton, Ure, that that corner of Colorado, because it's easy to get to. Nobody cares about this. Nobody's tuning into this podcast to hear yeah, this. Yeah. So make but, it quick. <laughs> but I, I'm looking at. I got a couple of calls in on some parcels in Northwest Arkansas, and uh, I'm asking for some for some permitting to start a distillery. Oh, really? Whiskey? Something like that. I'm not going to give it away, but, okay. but I, I'm, I'm, I got a little, I got a little capital saved up. I know enough people and I should probably use that to my advantage at some point instead of coming out to, and, and this is, this is like, I, I want something to go to. I mean, I want to, I want to be back home, Arkansas is home mm-hmm. and, but not, I don't know if it's a full-time thing or what Yeah. at this point. I'm going to play but, your halftime update real quick, Keith. Quick Saturday update. I want Bama. Bring on Saban. I want to play Bama. Bring on Bama. I love it. I love, are, you gonna, are you going to do that for every game? I'm not that angry. I'm not that angry of a person. That's I know. Like, it's, that's like, it's that's played like up a little bit. It's a literate, character. My my literate uh, Eddie from Clarksville impersonation. Yeah, gotcha. No, it's a, it's a caricature of yourself in a, in a way, right? <laughs> so I, th- I can tell you one thing. I've watched every game by myself. Yeah, and I've seen the police pass by my house three times, and they do not come down my street. And I live in like this fishbowl. I have these Arcadia yeah. doors. It's like all glass in the living room. And my neighbors are probably thinking that God only knows what is going on on Saturdays mm-hmm. because I'm not shy about being loud in a room by myself. It's uh, it's a yeah. A I prefer I prefer to do that too. I don't like. Like, uh, you know, we'll travel for games and stuff, but COVID times and, you know, I usually would, I like to stay home for one game a season at least, you know, uh, just to watch it on TV, just to mix it up. But uh, I prefer to watch by myself too. I don't – and, you know, my wife and daughter will be watching in the other room. We'll have people over, you know, watching in the other room. Halloween we're having – you know, we're going to probably have a couple people over, you know, and I'll be just, you know, locked away in my office watching, <laughs> watching the game by myself. But I, I prefer it that way. I don't know why. I do know why. I do know why. I do know why. But it's, it's we, and a lot of you understand. The, if we win one on the road and you're not at the game, you have to do the walk and talk on Dixon. On Dixon? That would be difficult. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that in COVID times. I might get sworn and get COVID from some of these you're just heckled. Kids. You got heckled twice in the last one. Yeah. I mean, they were both times they were talking about the walk and talk. I mean, so technically – Heckled, yeah, but they knew what it was, so that's good. 
I'm over that stuff, though. I mean, early on when I started doing walk and talk and stuff, you know, you just kind of feel stupid walking around with a camera or a phone in your face, you know, talking to yourself. But you get used to it. Well, I feel like hot garbage right now. So, and this has been my worst segment since we've been on the show. So I'm glad I could I'm glad I could be on with all this all this going on. But mm-hmm. I guess the only thing I have to say in closing is that this is just the beginning. Like we're we're three games, what four games into this, the Sam Pittman era in yeah. year one. This thing has just now kicked off, and they are they trust their team so much that they don't change the game plan no matter what or who is in the game. They trust their guys to carry out and execute whatever they whatever they put forth in the game plan, no matter what happens or who comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's this thing is going to get rolling, and everybody's worried about Barry Odom leaving or whatever. But we got you know, or keeping him here rather. But look at who else is helping with this. We got Sam Carter, Derek LeBlanc. Ryan Rhodes, those guys are busting their ass on defense too, and each one of their units is producing at a high rate that we we have not seen for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep some of these guys together. But Pittman was the one that got them here, so we just got to keep this thing rolling. And it is year one. How exciting! I mean, this is this blows away what, what Petrino had going. You could see it at the end of Petrino's first year. And you're like, oh well, you know, he had a fourth and one call against you know, losing in Monroe or whoever the hell it was and to get out of there, Lafayette. And but you're like, you can see it. You can see what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we see what's going to be now, like out the gate. Yeah. You know, and it's different. I mean, it's a different kind of feeling than Petrino. With Petrino, it was just like, you know, that they're going to be out schemed, you know, whoever you play and stuff. And with, with Pittman, it's just like it's the it's about the buy-in and the the team. You know, that's there's something very special about that, and and we're really seeing it. So, and I will say that you know, uh, Frank's is catching a little bit of heat and a little bit, you know, for me, I I don't know what I'm looking at if he's a good quarterback or not. I, I have no idea. I think what I think the difference is in Bryles' offense is Frank's is a manager, or and I think Jefferson and Hornsby are playmakers. And those are the types that of quarterbacks that excel mm-hmm. in this offense. And we'll see. We're still a year away, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think with what they've done, quarterback recruiting, and Barton and Bud did. I think Barton Simmons made this point, but he was just talking about all the quarterbacks on Arkansas's roster with you know Felipe Franks, Malik Hornsby, KJ Jefferson. You know, they've been recruiting at a really high level. He actually ranked Arkansas's quarterback room one of the 20, top twenty-five in the country heading into the season just because of the guys that they have brought in to the program that somebody, you know, in his mind, somebody's going to hit, you know, if you keep recruiting at that level. So I thought that was a really good point. All right, Keith, anything else you want to add? Uh, you quoted Stuart Mandel earlier. Screw that douchebag because he was the guy who said that SEC hired six great coaches yeah. and then Sam Pittman. Yeah, he did. I think he also said something like good luck, Arkansas, also. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. We're not, I'm not going to hold any grudges against anybody. No, no, forward. life is about holding grudges. Yeah, I know. Hold the sting doesn't wear off with me either, but um, I National guess I just said that sucks. to be nice. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Later, player. All right, later, Keith. That's Keith Grayson. Let's watch the video one more time. Hold on. Where is it? Quick Saturday update. I want Bama. Bring on Saban. I want to play Bama. Bring on Bama. I just get a kick out of that. So if you're not following Keith Grayson, here's his Twitter real quick. 
at Keith Grayson underscore. Uh, again, he's been on the board message board. He's whiskey drunk on the on the forum. Um, I think that's a name that he picked a long time ago and is maybe when he was much younger. But uh, he also uh, impacts young men's lives as a as a assistant high school football coach out in Arizona. He's in real estate, and he is the disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club. That is a long story. If you hit him up on Twitter, I'm sure he will tell you why he was removed from that position from the club that he actually founded by the university. All right. I wanted to bring this up, too, just because the injury situation going on with Arkansas, and and we're about to get into your questions, but the injury situation going on right now – They've mounted up a little bit, and we talked a little bit on the walk and talk. Just, you know, Pittman has said, you know, they got to get bigger. They got to work on getting bigger because they're being physical. It's just sometimes when they're hitting people, they're getting banged up. Um, but Rakeem Boyd doesn't look like he's quite 100%. I did think that he ran the ball pretty well early on, was breaking tackles and stuff, but just never, after a while, just kind of, I don't know. I just don't think he's 100%. Um, I believe Pittman said that Burks is like 80%. Wow, that's true. I'm not sure Trey Knox is fully 100%. Knox just has not – he's capable of so much more. And I think we'll see that from him eventually. But right now, it's just – it's not happening for him. Noah Gatlin had the sprained ankle. He, I don't think he came out of the game Saturday, if I'm not, not mistaken. But Noah Gatlin has a, a sprained ankle, so, you know, a little bit more time. I mean, it caused him to miss almost all but one snap of the Auburn game. So – it had to be pretty severe, so getting this week off, you know, basically two weeks to, to get really healthy. Bo Lemmer is banged up, and there's no question that Bo Lemmer is, is dealing with some stuff. Uh, didn't start the game, played a little bit, so hopefully some time off for him. He, he can get back. Dorian Gerald still not back. You feel bad for Dorian Gerald. I mean, the guy misses almost all of last season after the first half against Portland State, was playing a good game, comes out and has one and a half sacks against Georgia, gets hurt, and we haven't seen him since. And to be honest, guys, I mean, Arkansas's like Eric Gregory may be one of the most unsung guys on this team. Zach Williams may be one of the most unsung guys on this team. Those two defensive ends are really playing well. Grant Morgan, we know he's bionic elbow guy. So some time, any time off you can get for Grant Morgan. Bumper pool also who didn't even play Saturday. Both of those guys, you need them healthy for that Texas A&M game, as healthy as you can get them. I don't know if, I don't know if either of these guys are going to be healthy throughout the rest of the season just looking at him. I mean, Morgan looks like sometimes he comes off, he can barely hold his arm up. I don't even know how he does it. Takes guts, dude. Kudos to you. And I know Bumper Pool's been playing with the same stuff, so he finally got some time out. Deion Edwards hadn't played. Monteric. Now, Monteric is an interesting one. We touched on this in the walk and talk too, but with Monteric, I mean, you can't just pull Hudson Clark, can you? I mean, can you pull a guy who had three interceptions? I mean, Monteric is a really talented player. I think he has next-level ability, okay? I thought it would have been key to have him in this game just because he's such a good tackler. What do you do? The good thing is they work those guys at a lot of different spots. I think maybe if it were me – and they obviously have more inside information. They're the coaches. But maybe you bring Monteric back and you put him at corner. And then with Hudson Clark, maybe you look at him in one of the safety spots. I mean, they've been running a lot of that three-two-six, right? Maybe you look at him at one of those six defen- – other, you know, the other five defensive back spots. Something to consider. I don't know. I mean, it's a good problem to have. 
I mean, that guy's been the surprise of college football, maybe. I mean, you just don't see that. That is that does not happen. Jerry Jacobs still dealing pretty obviously. He's dealing with still a little bit of an ankle. He didn't start on Saturday. Miles Slusher hasn't really been in. Micah Smith was out this game. So you've got, what, a dozen players that we know of that are dealing with, you know, definitely somewhat significant stuff right now. So I'll also say this. There was a caller on drive time the other day that asked me if I could see Arkansas running a 3-2-6 in this game against Ole Miss. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Probably, you know, they, they got a couple guys that are really good running backs, quarterback and run. They average almost 200 rushing yards a game. I don't know if you can you can do a, an, an odd three-man front in this one. You probably, you know, he was like, can you defend them like you did Mississippi State? And they didn't do that. I mean, they brought they still brought some blitzes and stuff from the secondary, and you know, brought linebackers and stuff like that. And they didn't really do that any time, but one time aside from fourth and one plays against Mississippi State. But they ran an odd front the entire. I mean, even the goal line, they're they're running three down linemen. I mean, so I was wrong on that. Okay. What else we got? Got some good coverage at Hog Sports today. I mentioned that deep dive evaluation of Arkansas backcourt from practice from Curtis Wilkerson. Again, you need to be following Curtis. Before we get into your questions, I didn't do this earlier, so I'm going to make sure to let you guys know. You can always tune in on Facebook Live if you haven't or if you haven't followed the page, then go ahead and do so now. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to hit that thumbs up on both of those outlets and interact, share with the video, comment, all that good stuff. Also available Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star rating if you like the content and we'd love to have a review from you also so others know what to expect also available on spotify stitcher anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast hogsports.com is just one dollar for your first month right now it's a great deal you know you want to be following the hogs right now so you might as well get it from the number one independent insider source on razorback sports and recruiting also sign up for our newsletter we'll deliver breaking news to your email inbox as well as daily uh razorback content usually Probably put about eight articles in there every morning. I would say probably six or seven of them are going to be free. And if we put a VIP article in there, we'll notify you. You know, We'll put a VIP tag out there so you'll know. So you don't have to worry about clicking if you don't want to. But if you want the in-depth stuff, then you're going to want to go VIP $1 for your, your first month. Also 30% off for your first year. Also sign up for text alerts. So we sent, I think, maybe two text alerts this morning when Hudson Clark and Grant Morgan were awarded. And... Um, I maybe just sent one. I can't remember. But we only send breaking news, so you don't get them all the time. But whenever there is big news, you will definitely get them. All right. We're going to go to hogsports.com, to the Razor's Edge VIP forum, and see what questions we have there from our membership first. And if we have time, we'll get to you guys on Facebook as well. Which games left on the schedule do you think we win, lose? We kind of went over that, but I think Tennessee is a possibility. I don't. I think Texas A&M is a possibility. Um, now, it's, it's hard to say win or lose, but – when I talk about games that they can win, Tennessee, Texas A&M, um, Missouri, those three definitely jump out to me. I'd have to look at the whole schedule. Let's see what else they got. So Texas A&M, winnable. Tennessee, winnable. Florida's a lot to ask. It's at Florida, at the Swamp. That's, that's going to be a lot to ask. LSU looks like they're potentially beatable also. Missouri. So, Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, Missouri. There are four winnable games there. Arkansas should be 3-1 and one and nationally ranked right now. But the SEC doesn't even have the gumption to apologize. Doesn't even have the gumption to admit that they're wrong. 
It's weak. Disappointed in you, SEC. I'm an SEC guy. I love SEC football. I love SEC college towns. I love SEC fans, even the ones that you don't like. I still love them. I love to hate them. I love this conference. This was disappointing. I love Apple products. My keyboard is disappointing. I love the SEC. That ruling is disappointing, and the explanation of that rule is also pathetic. Do better. Do better than that. HawkfanKS16 says, how long do you think it takes for our offense to get up to the same level as our defense? I don't know. It might take a while. I mean, a lot of it depends on Franks, but there were a couple of plays. I mean, Traylon Burks had a drop third down pass. Rakeem Boyd had a drop third down pass too. You know, so you have to factor that in. There's a couple of drops there. Uh, Devion Warren had a, you know, that, that pass was high, but it was tipped by Devion uh, that was intercepted. So, I think they're showing improvement. I thought, you know, the second half against Auburn's the best that they've played so far. So we'll see. I mean, it, it offense is so much about timing, you know, and I, th- I think that's really affecting a lot of schools. Didn't didn't seem to be affecting Ole Miss until last week. Shivers forty five says, Trey, do you think the offensive struggles have more to do with play calling or execution? I think it's just timing, rhythm, all those things. That's all. I'd say execution because there were five or so plays that were executed. We could have blown Ole Miss out. Yeah. Sparks Co. says, there anyone on offense you expect to show up down the stretch that hasn't contributed much in the first half of the season? I mean, Trey Knox, I would expect him at some point to emerge. Uh, Rakeem Boyd hasn't had a game, a good game yet, you know, and he's he's been dealing with an injury the last couple but and didn't play the Auburn game. But I would say Rakeem and Trey Knox are guys that we're just kind of waiting on. I think Hudson Henry has a big game on the horizon at some point. Which is a bigger issue with getting the running game started? Offensive line or Boyd not performing well? I mean, the offensive line isn't getting tremendous push. Now, I thought they pass block pretty good. But I'd say it's probably a combination, JHG 2020. Kuna says, do you does do Ole Miss fans not realize that we played in the win and had two turnovers ourselves? Are they saying that uh, the win affected them more than it did Arkansas? Yeah, that's, that's not a good argument. Tellman 2010 says, Trey, do you think uh, they're playing Rakeem Hurt just on his lacks of production with his trading series with Smith? Uh, I think Rakeem is – I think he's he's just not 100%. Shivers 45 says, also, Trey, if you had to rank the five most impactful players on defense in order, how would you rank them? I know all the guys are playing, have nothing short of it. So, five most impactful guys on defense. That is tough. I'm going to say – Man, that's tough. I might say Jalen Catalan. No. I I can just say five and not in order. Is that okay? I'm going to say Jalen Catalan, Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, Hudson Clark. There's a lot of guys for that next one. I mean, you talk about Joe Fouché. I think Eric Gregory has done some good things. Zach Williams, Jonathan Marshall. How about Jonathan Marshall? I'll go with those five. But it's hard to pick out just five on defense. JHG2020 says, have we ever played this many walk-ons consistently in the past? I'm not sure. I remember saying so. I mean, there's been some good walk-ons, but usually it's like a guy here and there, you know, uh, a Brandon Burlesworth or George Wilson, you know. Um, I can't remember, like, 
it's not like they're playing like a ton of walk-ons because they're on scholarship now. But if you want to like talk about former walk-ons and current, you know, Hudson Clark, obviously, um, who may be in line for the, uh, the uh, Burlesworth trophy. So, but you got Hudson Clark, Simeon Blair, Grant Morgan, and then offense. I don't know. Do you have anybody on offense really heavily contributing? Blake Kern. So really, you know, four that are like really heavily contributing. Texhogs, Texhog eight one seven says happy birthday. I think we go four and two over the next six. I don't know. It's possible. I think they're. I think they're going to be in most of the games they play. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Bama or anything, but I think they got a shot. Maybe in all but all but two of them. Not that they don't have a shot. It's just. It's Florida in the swamp, you know, and it's Alabama. Shivers 45 says, Trey, do you see any potential commitments coming soon with the excitement surrounding this team right now? Probably a better question for Danny. But recruits are paying attention. There's no question about that. Let's see. I think I answered that pretty much. Alto Kona 44. Warren 96 Hog says, if Gus and Chad get fired, who would be funnier? To extend an offensive coordinator offer as a slap in the face. I'm not sure what you mean there. Hog Golf Pro says, aside from the obvious winning, what has been your favorite part of the season so far? I mean, I didn't ask for them to win going into the season. I wasn't like, you better win or else. You know, I just wanted to see them fight. And that's that's what it's been. I wanted to see a team. I want to see I, – I I've said this before, but I heard so much crap about – Problems in the locker room. This coach doesn't like this coach. Offense doesn't like the defense. Older players don't like the younger players. Yan and yan and yan. I did. I, I, I hate that. That bugged me so much because I heard stuff all the time, and I don't hear that anymore. And I don't think it's just because they've got got a better handle on that kind of stuff. I just think these guys are playing as a team. So that's been my favorite part to see these guys fighting for each other, playing for each other. See some positivity. That's been it. Warren ninety six hog says, "How do you think we can shoot ourselves? How long do you think we can shoot ourselves in the foot before it bites us? It'll take wins, however. I mean, it'll bite at you some point. I mean, you run into a good team and they're going to capitalize. That's kind of what we've been saying all all year." Rocky Mountain Hog says, "Coming off the bye week." What area do you see improving the most? Hopefully injuries, because I just mentioned a dozen players or so, and, you know, the offense needs to get in sync, obviously, but really across the board, get healthy. Hogwild97 says, what adjustments would you like to see the offense make before A&M? I think, I mean, it's hard for me to complain too much about it, but you'd like to see some guys obviously get healthy, but maybe work with – you know, Felipe, if I if I had one critique on him, it's just, you know, about kind of feeling the rush a little bit better. But I think it's just – you just get better. You just get more timing and stuff. Kunu Hogg says, I swear, Trey Biddy, if you don't put a pound with passion on your Twitter profile, then I'll cancel my membership. Uh, yep, that was a uh, – that was a slip, wasn't it? Hawk Savage says, how much better is this team when healthy? The guys on the field are playing lights out. So how big is the window of improvement? 
Um, I mean, I think that they have a chance to really improve if they can if they can get healthy. I think this bye week comes at a great time for them. Coming off of a win, you get you get to enjoy the win for a little bit longer. Get some young guys some work, work on that timing with the offense, address some issues, self-scout, all of those good things. I got good clap 12, says. Uh, I have never seen Miles Slusher recently after seeing the first couple games. I haven't seen in the injury report either. Did I miss something? I think he's dealing with an injury. Pill Pusher 63 says, what are the chances that Browse uses both Boyd and Smith in the same backfield? It's possible. I mean, they line up, you know, they line up a tight end in the backfield or, you know, I've seen Burks back there, so it's possible. I think it's fine just to keep rotating them in and out, though. Especially when you got a guy like, you know, Burks that you can put back there, do things with him. Uh, Bullhog82 says, what seniors do we have a real shot at keeping? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at the roster. We'll see what seniors may be. I mean, I've got a few on the top of my head, but let's let's bring up the roster here. Oh, that's the schedule. Sports roster seniors. All right, so Rakeem Boyd, likely gone. Devion Warren, I think, may be a possibility. Maybe. He did not redshirt, so he's only been here four years. Hayden Henry, possible. H.T. Fountain, the long snapper. Maybe he comes back, yeah. Ty Clary, possibly. Jerry Jacobs, possibly. Jerry Jacobs has another year of eligibility anyway. He's listed as a redshirt senior, but he only played three games last year, so he gets that year back. I say that. He's listed as a redshirt senior, so he'd have to apply for the sixth year, which he would get. Dorian Gerald, possibly. I mean, he's barely played lately, you know. And Dorian's a guy that might have a, ch- a chance at the next level if he can put together a healthy season. Just depends if he if he gets back on the horse and he plays these last several games, then maybe he's gone. But if he's if he's still banged up, then I could see him potentially coming back. Felipe could on two different levels. You know, he's probably a candidate for that six-year also since he only played three games last year. But he gets the year back anyway. Possibly on Felipe. I don't know. I mean, I know what Pittman said. They're hoping him. Yeah, he has such a good year that he doesn't. He, you know, he wants to go pro. Jack Lindsay could come back. Tyson Morris could come back. Micah Smith could come back. Grant Morgan would be a great guy to have back. Deion Edwards could come back. AJ Reed could come back. TJ Hammonds. Jonathan Marshall, I think Jonathan's playing himself maybe into getting drafted. Sam Loy could come back. Chaboisia Moana opted out already. Myron Cunningham could come back. Myron could possibly see his name called. That's a, that's a possibility. Blake Kern, I think, would be a great option to return. Now, he has been here for five years, so he may be ready to move on to the next stage of life. But when you got guys playing like they are as a team and all that stuff, it's – it's hard to just walk away if you have the option of coming back, I think. Eli Hale is another walk-on that could possibly come back. Xavier Kelly could come back. So, I mean, there's a lot of seniors on this roster <laughs> that I just named off that could potentially come back a lot. I know we still have six games less and possibly a seventh, but based on what we've seen so far, do you think Franks will be back next year? We went over that Warren. Warren also says, when's the last time you remember three coaches on campus at the same time we were beloved as much as Pitt, Muss, and DVH?
maybe when Houston, Houston Nutt, early years, mid to early years, Nolan Richardson, right around, you know, if you talk about Houston Nutt in 98, Nolan Richardson still in 98, John McDonnell, maybe, maybe you have to go back to 98, so it's been a while, 22 years. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we answered that one. What do you think the ceiling with Arkansas, for Arkansas with Sam Pittman at the helm can eventually win the SEC and make the playoffs? Let's not get ahead. Let's just let's not get too far ahead of ourselves just yet. <laughs> but I do think that they that we could be you know talking about eventually taking things to the next level. Ham Wow says, "What are you dressing up for Halloween? What's your favorite candy bar?" I was thinking about just putting some horns on my head. I've actually got some from last Halloween that I didn't use. Who knows? Maybe I'll wear one of those old people masks, come on the show and do that. Um, favorite candy bar? I like a Reese's Crispity Crunchy bar. I like a Baby Ruth, a Butterfinger. I mean, I guess the better question is like, what candy bar do you not like? That might be a better one. I might go Reese's Crispity Crunchy. Who wins a fight, Chad Morris or Drink Wits? You almost got me there, MB50187. Um, I think Drink Wits would beat Chad Morris in a fight. Whiskey Drunk says he feels terrible today. Decker20 says, do you think Frank saves one more year? We went over that kind of. Mr. Dixon says, to what do you attribute the lack of significant contribution of Trey Knox? I don't know. He might be injured. I mean, you don't always know some guys, a guy's just, they're dealing with something. And, you know, that's why I never just like say, I, I see stuff like, you know, so-and-so's playing terrible. He's not playing with any heart and stuff. And I always stay away from saying that kind of stuff because I know a lot of times a guy has an injury and, and you just don't, you don't know about it. All right, let's see if we got anything on Facebook here. Coming from Tennessee, a Vols fans are the worst. Every year feels like 98. Hope this one feels like 99. Uh, I want to see if we got anything unique here. Matt Manor says, anybody see where Matt Corral threw his helmet out of anger and Hudson Clark caught it? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't surprise me. He's catching everything he's throwing. Don Elrod said, that's at least two from Keith, I think. Uh, Kurt Olson said, my kids know not to even walk in front of the TV during the Hawks game. They walk around it. Uh, a lot of comments. A lot of comments. Andrew Douglas Eford says, how can we avoid three and outs at the start of the game going in the college station? We need to find a way to sustain that first drive. Yeah, it's just been – it's just been – I don't know why. They just can't seem to get going. I'm starting to fade here. I was kind of fading going in. It's kind of dreary outside, and I've kind of feel that nasally allergy thing. So, I don't, I don't, that's probably why I don't know. See what I mean? I go about 50 minutes and I start, start, 
I mean, that's about all I got. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I don't see anything. Is Traylon Smith starting over Boyd? Most questions we covered. All right, everybody. Before we go, if you haven't thrown us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that, please. Throw us the rating. Throw us the review. Say something nice. We'd love to have it. Again, it helps boost the algorithm. Also available on Facebook Live, YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like on both of those channels if you like the content. Subscribe. Hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. I told you. I just start right about the 50-minute mark. No commercial breaks. Just talking incessantly forever. You start to fade a little bit. Throat starts to get dry. Start stumbling over the words. So that's my, my ceiling. And we've gone 59 minutes here. So... Appreciate Keith Grayson for joining us. Appreciate you guys for a- asking your questions. We'll see you guys later on in the week. This has been Trey B with HogForce.com. We'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.